When it comes to personal style, it's not just about a signature look. You can build your style piece by piece. With new colors, fabrics, and styles, it's the perfect time to add new layers with Indochino. From classic suits to stylish outerwear, get made-to-measure quality at an off-the-rack price. Add fresh layers to your fall style with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code PODCAST to get 10% off any purchase, $3.99 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino.com, code PODCAST. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help so you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prog Watch. Music that tells a story with your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prog Squatch. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Prague Watch, friends. 2018 is upon us, and I'd like to take a moment to wish you all a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. I'm hoping that this year I can continue to improve the show and bring you interviews with great artists like I did last year. It really was a great year for interviews, looking back on it. I also hope to hear from more of you this year so I can send out plenty of dedications to you folks. Without you, there is no show. So send emails to progsquatch, P-R-O-G-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H, at gmail.com, or hit up the Facebook page or find me on Twitter. The homepage at progwatch.com, that's all one word, P-R-O-G-W-A-T-C-H.com, has all those links for you. Anyway, to start the new year with a bang, I'm going to finish up my coverage of John Mitchell, multi-instrumentalist, vocalist, producer, and now record company owner and general man about Prague. Towards the end of 2017, I had an epic conversation with John, and I presented some of that chat on Prague Watch 446. In this show, we'll hear the rest of my conversation and plenty of more great music featuring John Mitchell, such as this song, Bedlam Fair, by one of John's bands, Arena.
That was Bedlam Fair by Arena featuring John Mitchell. You can find it on their 2005 album, Pepper's Ghost. Next, let's hear from another of John's bands, Frost. This is Black Light Machine.
Black Light Machine by Frost from the album The Rockfield Files, released in 2013. Now let's listen to some more of my chat with Mr. John Mitchell. So you mentioned the artists, Kim Sevier, Kepler-10, Voices from the Fuselage. So how do they fit into your vision for uh, White Star? And uh, if well, they're... Kim, well, Kim, start with Kim. I always thought that Kim, uh, I've always loved Kim's, uh, Kim's singing voice. She's kind of, she's very English in the way that she sings and pronounces things. And she's got a very sort of lilting quality and kind of almost like, you know, when I was a kid, I was a big fan of All About Eve, um, who were a sort of quite popular folk rock band in England at the time. And she kind of reminded me a bit of Julianne Reagan in, in her sort of tonal quality. And I'm not being disparaging towards, you know, Touchstone, but, you know, if you're a, a, a songwriter and you write songs and you're a male, and you write them from a male perspective which means when you translate them for a female, you're not really thinking about the female's range. You're kind of thinking about singing songs that you, you're writing songs in your range and then transposing them up an octave, which is not always the best way of doing it. And I think a lot of the touchstone stuff, not, it wasn't outside of Kim's range, but you know, she's got such a lovely sort of mid range, you know, that, that didn't often get heard because, you know, I don't think they were pitching songs to her with her sort of vocal range in mind. So I wanted to make, Knowing her vocal range and where her sort of strengths lie, I wanted to write an album where that would be really suited to her voice and, and her sort of, you know, you know, uh, that would sort of complement her voice a bit more. And the fact that she loves kind of, uh, she loves that sort of evanescence, you know, she likes Flyleaf and stuff like that. So, you know, we wanted to make something that's just a bit more Disney prog metal, as I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Which we did, and I'm very, very proud of it. You know, I, I think it stands up. and That's uh, a good record, yeah. Uh, thank you. We've got a new uh, video coming out soon for one of another one of her songs, and so yeah, you know, it's 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 been a great success for her. And uh, what else? Oh yeah, Kepler Ten. They were, you know, obviously when you announce you're setting up a record label, there's all manner of people that send in demo tapes and CDs and uh, EPKs oh, and stuff. And uh, literally, I think they were the first thing that we when we hit play, and we were like, oh, I like these. These are really good, and. Um, so yeah and then we kind of spent the rest of the the listening we had we had like a playback session i think we spent the, the rest of the uh the playback session listening to all manners manner, manner of other things none of which really caught my ear and um you know uh it was um yeah it was uh, they we just you know we, we had a, we had a meeting with them that you know they seemed very keen uh they you know they made a lot of effort i kind of basically they'd, again they'd recorded at home and uh it was, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was a not, you know, I, I remixed it for them and, you know, polished it up a bit and rolled it in glitter. And yeah, it sounds great. And I'm, I'm you know, the, the next record we're doing, which we're starting in about a month's time, will be done at my studio with me at the helm. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the whip will be cracked harder this time. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, I, I say, I, I love those guys. You know, they, they, it's kind of strange in a way because they were in a, a when they before they started going to Kepler Ten, they were a Rush tribute band, and I'm not a big fan of Rush, so it's kind of weird that I would, uh, you know, lend. I'm, actually, the main reason I'm not a massive fan of Rush is just because I think, you know, and I, I don't dislike them musically. It's just Getty's voice is a, you know, it's a bit Marmite. It's it's a bit, you know, you either love it or you hate it. I guess. I, I, I think I see what you're saying there. I feel the same way. I mean, they're fantastic musicians and made so much great music, but yeah, his his voice is more or less, you know. You love it or you hate it, just like you said. Yeah, and, I don't, and it's weird because I like John Anderson, I like Sting, but there's kind of a, I think it's Getty's vibrato, which kind of uh, sends little shivers up my spine. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween's come early. No, <laughs> um, 
I, I and but anyway, so yeah, James Duran is is it doesn't sound like Geddy Lee, and they kind of the music they write is is a you know a mixture of lots of different things. But I, I love those guys; they're great. Right, and yeah, voices, yeah. Yeah, voices from the fuselage just to to, wrap, to, to come full circle um, are a band that just were paying customers. <clears throat> Came in the studio, um, and uh, they're the band uh, Ash, who used to was the lead singer for Tesseract for a while. And uh, they came in the studio, and uh, they were I, they were I was blown away by them. But they, you know, at the time I kind of introduced them to uh, various different labels, and they wanted to self-release, and they did that. And then, um, yeah, for some reason, I think they got back in touch with me and said, "Well, we heard you set up a label. Can we?" Uh, yeah, can we can we come and do it with you? Can we release it with our next album with you? So we've uh, we're very close to finishing that the uh, the follow up album to Odyssey: Destroyer of Worlds, and uh, yeah, that's going to be out next year at some point. So again, three fantastic artists, and I'm really really proud that uh, you know we've been able to get involved and sort of help them along the way. Yeah, great. It's all about, I guess. Mm. So if there are artists out there looking for a place to call home, what what do you really look for in a band? Uh well, that's a say, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I look for choruses. Me personally, um, I'm I'm old school. You know, I, I'm there's a lot of progressive rock bands out there that um, put you know top line second to technical technical ability. But as far as I'm concerned, progressive rock is just basically pop songs that have been put through a ringer. You know, yeah. so whilst it's 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 nice to have all these cleverness and stuff, you still got to have a, a, a striking chorus or a striking verse melody. And a lot of people, a lot of people think that progressive rock is just getting lots of random ideas and gluing them together in an incongruous fashion. And they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. You know, um, if you look at all the, what I consider the classic progressive rock, it's, it's no more than sort of classical theme and variation, you know, ideas coming around in different time signatures and different sort of, you know, uh, different tempos and stuff right. like, like, close to the edge it's like theme and variation all over and i love that album my yeah. top five there you go so there you go and and you know it's not like you know it all makes it all glues together really well i mean it, you know you could argue the first bit of the, the song close to the edge is a bit random and weird it sounds like morse code having a seizure but you know <laughs> there's actually moments of sheer beauty on that on that album absolutely and interplay that's one thing i think they lost in the later 70s is some of their stuff i mean in the later 70s it's yeah, everyone's playing all this flashy stuff, and and if you listen to each person, it sounds great. But they don't give each other any space; they're just playing all over each other. Well, exactly. It's when you start, you know, in a, a band like Yes, it, you know, it, it's it's like John Wetton always used to say to me. He said that you know, um, I think to be fair in relation to uh, to Greg Lake, I mean, it, it, you know, he, he was friends with Greg Lake, um, but there was a period of time when I think John got sacked from Asia for his, you know. For his alcohol intake or his drinking problem, and they kind of, uh, I think Brian Lane suggested they get Greg Lake in. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did a show in Japan with them. I, I have a, a tape of that somewhere. Yeah. So was it Russia or something? I don't know. But the point is, you know, I think it's a manager's. You know, it, 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 I think treating a band like a football team is, is a big mistake. You know, it is, it is you know a football. I'm not saying, you know, like when it, with a football team, you can you know you can pick and choose players and swap them around and whatever, and everybody's trying to you know play to their strengths. But ultimately, in a band, it's so much more about chemistry and interaction. And it's easy to forget that you know a band is is more than you know the, the, the sum total of the parts. It's it is it is the chemistry. And uh, and let's not forget, you know, 
it's it's like Colin Hay in Men at Work. You know, he he Men at Work were a fantastic. Band. Oh, I love them. Yeah, they wrote some great songs, but the moment he went solo, no one gave a shit. You know, more yeah. or less. I have listened to a lot of it. There's some good stuff there. You know, the guy's definitely talented. But he's, you're a, right. he's a great raconteur. He's he's a great songwriter. But the fact of the matter is, you know. A, it's about the brand name, and B, it's about the chemistry. And, you know, Men at Work wouldn't have been Men at Work, and it wasn't Men at Work. It didn't last five minutes when you got rid of, A, the original rhythm section. On that third album, yeah, it just, yeah, it didn't, didn't, it didn't click. So, yeah, exactly. So, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm of the, the belief, I think that, I think one of the things in Arena I think we've got wrong over the years is the fact we've had so many lineup changes. And, you know, I think, aside from the fact that I think fans like longevity in a band lineup, you know, it's, it's like investing in a family, isn't it? You don't like people coming and going. And, um, you know, whilst, whilst, you know, at some periods of arena's life, it became untenable to be in a band with certain people at certain times, you know, I mean, we've, we've kind of made our peace with pretty much everybody who's been in arena at one time or other, but, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's difficult being in a band because, you know, like, it's like, oasis or something you know the thing that makes the band exciting is also the thing that's breaking the band up at the same time you know the friction between these two people or the friction between these three people and obviously yes has been through god knows how many different lineups right i don't i don't think they had more than like two albums with the same lineup really no no and you know and they always say that they would only ever argue i think bill had said you know they everybody wants their band to be like new kids on the block and we're all good friends and all that but you know you're lucky if you can get past that. I mean, Queen were lucky. They never changed lineup. You two have been lucky. They've never changed lineup. And it, it's, it's having been in a band and replacing somebody who was the original lead singer, you know, I can honestly say that the thing that I think I loved about the band, although no one realizes at the time, is, is the chemistry that you're witnessing on stage. You know, and perhaps two parties are fractious and don't get on, but that's, that, that's the electricity, the invisible thing that, that, uh, that, that people find kind of exhilarating. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that when I joined it bites, it was like, it wasn't like I was asleep at the wheel, but, you know, perhaps, you know, I think Francis wouldn't disagree with me. He's, he's a guy that gets shit done. And, um, you know, he's perhaps more driven and he, I think he was the master of that particular ship. You know, he's the captain and, you know, he whipped the crew into shape and I'm a lot more sort of laid back than that. So, you know, it's a blessing and a curse really. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. John Mitchell, the subject of our program this week, has made two great albums under the Lonely Robot banner. From the first of those albums, Please Call Home, let's listen to what I suppose could be called the flagship song, a tune called Lonely Robot. 
come home, lonely robot. Your heart is beautiful, programmed to receive. We miss you now, lonely robot. Ever so beautiful. Hands away.
That was Lonely Robot by the John Mitchell Band of the same name from the 2015 debut album called Please Call Home. Let's jump back a dozen years to another great arena album called Contagion for a song called Skin Game.
Once again, that was Skin Game by Arena from the 2003 album Contagion. Before we hear more of my chat with John Mitchell, let's do one more from the most recent Lonely Robot album. This is a song called Symbolic from the album The Big Dream.
The mystery of life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Symbolic by Lonely Robot from the 2017 album The Big Dream. Now let's hear more of my chat with John Mitchell. So, um, yeah, with all the work that you've been doing with the label, as far as uh, with Kim Kim's album especially, you you seemed like you were maybe uh, taking on a role of like being somewhat of an ideas man, producer, engineer. Do you intend to keep moving in that direction? Let's say, Do you, are you are you looking to maybe develop that? at the label, you know, that kind of thing, the ideas guy, the producer, the engineer, or do you want to keep my input in the label? You know, like I said, Chris is a fantastic businessman. I'm I'm not suggesting that, you know, he he doesn't have a creative side to me. He does. But, you know, I think my strength, the thing that I bring to the the team is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I absolutely hope it's a business, but you know, I, I do have, you know, if nothing else, I I think I have a a very good ear, a well-tuned ear for music. And, you know, my production value is, 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 you know, one thing that I will say that, you know, if you're going to get involved with White Star, you will, you know, at some point or other, probably, you know, come come uh, come to a situation where you will have me artistically involved with your product at some point or other. Hate to call it a product, but that's let's look at it, the cold hard facts, you know. OK. Yeah. So uh, I saw a social media post somewhere after a recent Frost gig suggesting that uh, that would be it for Frost for a while, and it was time for something new. So what uh, what did you mean by that? What's uh, what's in store for the immediate future here? I don't think I said that. That would have been no. Jem. Okay. No, I don't comment on such things. I think Jem just means he, he uh, you know, it's time to, to write another album, you know. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, we've got... <clears throat> I think we've got another show in London in about a month's time, and then uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's Gem's baby. I, I don't I don't I don't comment on uh, <laughs> the comings and goings of Frost. Okay, but you know, it's it's as I say, I think yeah, we've got to you know we've got to heads down and do another record or not, depending on how busy Gem is. It, you know, as I say, it's a it's a labour of love for Gem. He's he's a very busy guy in his own right. He does sure. a lot of production stuff. Production, and, yeah and co-writing and, and stuff for radio. So he has to, you know, Frost is a, is like a, is, is almost like a busman's holiday for him. And as, and when he can fit it in, he does. But, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I find, I love Frost. I love being in Frost and, you know, I've been in Frost a very long time, even though we're not the most prolific band. I think, you know, uh, we make, um, yeah, we like make Peter Gable look like he's running a marathon or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he, yeah, I, I love I love the camaraderie between the four of us, and I think that's actually you know we we had a few frost lineups before the one that we've had for the longest period of time, and you know I think if you've changed anybody in in the lineup of myself, Craig Blundell, Nathan, and Jem, yeah, I mean I'm not to say no one's indispensable, but it would be a great shame because I I do think there is a is is a very very strong camaraderie and chemistry there, you know. It's like, it's kind of, it feels like, it feels like prog Beatles or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I think some people who have never been in a band don't realize how much it is like being married to like three or four different people. It's, there's so much inner action and I, you know, musicians are passionate people and with strong ideas, you know, artistically. And, you know, sometimes you get into the business dust ups, you know, when, when you're a young band and these people think you should go with this manager or what, but yeah, it's like literally being married to three or four people. And it's amazing that a band can even stay together for any length of time. So when you hit it, you have to, 
you have to cherish yeah, it and hang on to it. I think be squandered. You know, I think that you know Keith Richards had it right when he. I think he said to Slash, at some point, whatever you do, never leave, because it's so easy to look a gift horse in the mouth or whatever the expression is and going, well, this is rubbish. You know, I want to get out of this situation. You know, or, you know. You know, obviously, if, if you're in a band and it's making you more miserable than anything, I mean, there are always going to be disagreements and there are always going to be, pe- you know, people that, you know, it's very easy to let your ego get the better of you. But I had a very um, grounded upbringing with my mum. You know, she didn't, she wouldn't um, tolerate any kind of pretentiousness. So um, even though I've had my moments, <laughs> <laughs> mainly under the influence of alcohol and being a bit of a dick, um, I am. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I like to remind myself that music is basically light entertainment and should be uh, its its own reward for the most part. If you're finding it unenjoyable from the creative point of view, then just don't do it. No one's got a gun to your head, you know, unless of course you've signed a particularly strange record contract, which involves people having a gun to your head. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you mentioned there might be new frost and then you said, uh, arena. Definitely. I know you guys have a new album coming out in a tour, right? Yeah, I, there is a new album in the works. I must say that, um, I've been a little bit busy at the moment to get involved. So my involvement will, uh, later this month, I will be jumping into the, into the, uh, the, the box of riffs and, uh, deploying my own riffs for the, for the new album. But, uh, but arena has got kind of a strange way of writing music. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's it's a bit more like Lego than uh, the, the the way I'm used to working. Although it's it's the band that I've been in the longest, so it's kind of I'm used to that with that band. But you know, I'm looking as I say, it's we we it's like a big sleepy old dog that comes to wake every couple of years, and then uh, you dust it off and off we go again. You know. Yeah. Cool. Well, that should be fun, I I imagine. So uh, anyway, on the topic of fun, you uh you have an interest in classic cars, correct? I have a great interest in classic cars, yeah. So uh, where did that start? And uh, you know, what's your favorite car that you own right now? I've got no idea. I've got no idea where it started. Um, actually, no, I do now have it started. My dad used to have a Jaguar Sovereign uh, Series 3, which, if anybody doesn't know what that is, is basically the car that the Equalizer used to drive around in. Okay. Uh, but he had the V12 version. Um, my God, that could go like... That went like stink, man. It was unbelievable. It was so fast. Uh, 5.3 liter engine. And you could feel like the G-force when he came away at the lights. So obviously, as soon as I got a big, big successful producing records, I thought, well, I've, I've, what am I going to do with all this rubbish disposal income? And I thought, <laughs> well, I'm going to go and buy a, a Jaguar Series 3. And I did that. And it was, I, only, I think I bought it for like 500 quid. I mean, this was like right when nobody, you know, cars have a, Let's be honest, cars, you buy them for a vast amount of money and then they depreciate fairly rapidly. And at some point in time, you know, there's a period of time between when there's far too many of them on the road and they're not really worth a lot because they've reached a certain age. And that's when you can pick them up for like 500 quid. And that's when I got that Jaguar. And then, uh, of course, as time goes by and they're all rotting into the ground and they all go to the great scrap heap in the sky, they become rarer and rarer. And then, mm-hmm. of course, they start going up in value. So I'm in a very fortunate position that I've, I've been very good at targeting cars, buying them cheaply and holding on to them and looking after them. So I've, I think, obviously, after I had a Series 3, that was never going to be enough. So the next thing I thought, well, I need a, a Jaguar XJS, which is obviously the, uh, the, uh, the Saints vehicle of choice, uh, which is a very sporty-looking Jaguar from the 70s and 80s, and I got one of them. <laughs> And then you got a Cortina Mark III, which looks like a Mustang. 
and then I got I think a Rolls Royce Silver Spirit, and I can't even keep up. I've got no idea. Yeah, there's lots. And I got I I, I did a produ- I produced an album in Wales, and I decided I needed to uh, literally. I think it was every time I finished an album for somebody, I thought, well, I better get another car. So I got a Porsche 944 after I finished an album for a band called You Me at Six, and. And I think the last car, and I don't think I'm going to be getting any more cars, I got um, a Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow, which used to belong to Keith Moon, which I found on eBay. All right. Is that the one on the album cover? Is it the two sides? Uh, yeah. I think in about seven of them at one point. Okay. And that's just, it's the one that didn't end up in the pool. So, it did, uh, didn't end up in the pool. <laughs> no, I don't think that's around anymore. This is one of the ones that he had towards the end of his life. And, uh, yeah, it's a, an interesting color. I think they call it walnut in the catalog, but it basically looks like dog shit brown. So uh, <laughs> it is what it is. It's a 70s Rolls Royce, you know, and I love it. And I spent a lot of time doing it up myself. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm very good at, uh, I like to think I'm fairly good at, at, uh, at sp- uh, spraying cars, you know, and uh, polishing them and buffing them and, uh, you know, doing any filling or welding. Okay, and, you do that, huh? Your body work, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm like, a, I'm like a poor man's Jeff Beck, you know. Guitar shop, huh? Yeah, precisely. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. So you, you think you more or less have uh, reached your apex. So you have what you want. There's no, like, uh, holy grail out there that you would, you know, I need to have that car. Or if you could find one, you know, uh, you'd grab it. Uh, no, not really. I think I've got everything. The thing is, I don't, I don't you know, everybody goes, oh, yeah, I'd like a, a Maserati, whatever, the Bardi Blah or a Bugatti Veyron or whatever. You know, I, I'm not interested in that. I, I couldn't care less. I, I, like, uh, I like cars that I have an emotional connection with. And um, fortunately for me, they're fairly inexpensive. Uh, you know, um, uh, you might class them, you know, in a, in, 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 in a less than sort of, uh, what's the word, complimentary fashion as bangers. Okay. <laughs> Or rust buckets because they, you know, I do pick cars that have a tendency to rust because they were made in the uh, 80s and 70s when people hadn't really discovered decent paint. But you know, uh, they are a labour of love, and I, you know, I, I, you know what? If nothing else, you know, I I should drive three of them more often than I do. But I do, uh, I do like looking out the window and going, ah, every morning. It's quite, you know, you got to waste your money on something, and you know, had it, would it? You know, some people have got heroin problems. I've got a car problem. Do you uh, drive any of them really fast anywhere? Do you find somewhere that you know that we can? Uh... No, I'm, I'm I'm like James May off Top Gear. I'm the slow one. I don't I don't great I don't get any great thrill from uh, okay. my life. I do like I just like my favorite thing is just to drive around London. I, I love London's such a beautiful city, and I like to. I, I think it's something nice about driving a beautiful car around a beautiful city at night time. It's quite romantic. I quite like that. Very cool. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Este es el mejor momento para preparar tu hogar para las fiestas y recibir a los invitados. Porque en The Home Depot encuentras ahorros de hasta 40% en baños seleccionados por Internet. Además de entrega gratis en todos los tocadores y grifos por Internet. Deja tu casa lista para esas visitas esperadas. Familia, amigos, vecinos... 
y las inesperadas. Deja tu baño listo para las fiestas con ahorros de hasta 40% en tocadores y grifos en The Home Depot. Haces más, logras más. John Mitchell was also a member of the band It Bites, and I'd like to play at least one from that band. So let's listen to a song called Meadow and the Stream from the album Map of the Past. Drew is friend. 
Meadow and the Stream by It Bites featuring John Mitchell from the 2012 album Map of the Past. In 2016, Frost put out a great album called Falling Satellites, and I'd also like to play one from that album for you today. So here is Nice Day for It.
Nice Day For It, from the Frost album Falling Satellites in 2016. Now for the conclusion of my chat with John Mitchell. One last thing, and then we'll see if there's anything else you want to talk about. Um, so where do you think progressive rock is going? You know, what will what will we see? Straight as we... in the bin. <laughs> Pardon? Straight in the bin? No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, um, uh, I don't know. That's a difficult question. I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in my own little bubble. I don't, I don't really keep a beady eye on the world of, uh, of progressive rock. Um, so I don't know. There's a couple of bands I really like. I like Haken. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think as long as, you know, I, as long as it gets away from people emulating Genesis, um, I, obviously, I, you know, I've, I've been in bands and stuff where it's it's very easy to fall into that trap because you know uh, mimicking is the highest form of flattery or whatever. But you know, I think doing Lonely Robot, I wanted to try and get slightly away from that. And um, so yeah, I, I just as long as you know, as long as it's actually genuinely progressive. And I don't, I know this is a good cliche, and it gets said a lot. But as long as you know, as long as it's true to the spirit or the nature in which it was originally conceived, then I think there is merit in doing it. And obviously, you know, our prog father, Stephen Wilson, has obviously brought it to a mass media market and all, all power to him. Yeah, at least over there, over here in the, in the States, it's nothing. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm over here hammering away, but I, I don't know if I'm going to make any impact over here or, or any of us. The country, mate. You need to shrink your country down. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, you know, when I look at the listens for my show, it's uh, there's uh, almost as many people in England listening as there are here in the United States. And that's like, well, what do we have? Uh, I don't know, 100 times your population? I don't even know, but it's got to be a lot. So, you know, it just shows you. I mean, you guys have a, a chart over there, at least for progressive rock. We have no such thing over here. Our music is so. I mean, it's, a, it's a chart of who sold 20 records this month or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's hard to figure out. I mean, it's, it's a niche thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, having said that, you know, uh, a lot of the things I've been involved with uh, um, have sold a, a decent amount of units. You know, uh, it's difficult to sell records in this day and age. And, you know, if you shunt 10,000 units, you're doing all right. And I'm pleased to say I'm. I'm, I'm I'm doing more than all right, so I'm, I'm kind of pleased about that. You know, it's 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 very flattering that there are ten thousand people in the world upwards that that would want to buy anything that I would happily, you know, amuse myself with in my front room. So it's it's kind of you have to put it in perspective. It's you know, if you if you if you, if you got into this business because you wanted to be Duran Duran, you got into the wrong game. You know, you know, if yeah. I wanted my front row as supermodels, I, I I'd back the wrong horse. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So do you think it'll ever come back to the days of, uh, you know, being a rock superstar or whatever, like it was in the seventies uh, or is that, do you think it's done? Uh, no, I don't think, I don't think, you know, I don't think you're going to get a band that, that's like the who or somebody. Yeah. You know, no, because uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a tape's ever going to make a big comeback. Probably not. Is anything, you know, it's just like, you know, cultural shift. People don't view music in the same way. I mean, they did an interview recently uh, or a, a survey and I think, it was concluded that human beings find of equal importance sex and music uh, next to the the basic requirements of water and air and and whatever you know and I don't necessarily think that's true because if people treated music with such reverence then it wouldn't be so free would it so freely available but then again if it's you know could you live without music I don't know I I think I'd go a bit potty if I didn't have some form of music in oh, my yeah. head I don't think you're going to get back to the days of Dave Lee Roth you know. Yeah. Uh, 
and a big stadium bands. I mean, you, there's the odd stadium band, isn't there? There's, you get Muse playing stadiums, and I think the Foo Fighters do very well for themselves. Yeah. But, you know, they've had a long, they've taken a long time to get there. Yeah, they've know? been around a while too, yeah. They have, yeah, they have. It's, it's been, a, they played the long game. As a Stephen Wilson, you know, it has to be said that, you know, we're, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very good friends with Stephen. And, you know, a lot of people like, you know, you can't fast track that. You know, he's invested all of his time and energy in, into being this creative guy. All he does is music. You know, he doesn't do anything else. He just does music, you know, and, and he focuses on that. And he's got an incredibly strong work ethic and you know if anybody out there thinks oh why is steven so popular it's because he's worked bloody hard at it and he deserves it for and, a long like, time too a way long time time you know and you know whilst you know i've i dipped my uh, toe in the water of this that and the other he you know he was committed to pokemon tree for you know most of his adult life thus far and then of course he's uh you know he's moved on to do his own thing and it's become more successful than ever and, and more power to him really and that that's right. you know you you can't you can't be lazy and just sit back and go well, why am I not a rock star, man? Because I, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be arrogant or conceited, but I, you know, I do work very hard. Uh, I like to think that I am quite good at doing music. I mean, although I, I don't have the work ethic that Stephen has, you know, I'm far too distracted with boats and cars and nonsense. <laughs> Steve literally does music, 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 music. You know? That's it. Yeah. And that's the key. And uh, you know, um, that's his jam, as it were. So all power to him. But. Uh, yeah, that's what it is, and 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 until people, I think, and you can't really blame. It's a generational thing. You can't get angry at kids downloading music because that's all they know. You know, it's all very well going. And another thing that gets on my nerves is when people go, "Well, you know, the charts aren't what they used to be." It's like, well, what do you mean the charts aren't what they used to be? The charts have always been shit. You know, you always had like the Bay City Rollers and then you know NSYNC or whatever. And I don't think pop music is crap. I think pop music serves. You know, it's like beans on toast for the ears. You know, it's it serves a function. Not everything has to be, you know, deeply. You know, if you if you if you could only ever listen to the wall or or, or something by you know um, I don't know uh, Peter Hamill or something, you'd get very depressed. You know, sometimes yeah, you need yeah. you need light relief. You can't it can't all be like this heavy heavy. It's light entertainment. It was entertainment. You know, it's right. So it has to be like I said. You know, if, I I get I get very angry when when people get really. Big, big, you know, big ideas about themselves and their musicians or massive egos. At the end of the day, if you're working in a hospital and you discovered a cure for cancer, by all means, you know, walk around thinking, you know, walk around with a massive god complex. But if you're a musician, man, you just, you know, you're, 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 um, you're creating something that for the people that that do worthwhile things, you know, like you're an entertainer. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's like athletes. Other, you know, they run around exactly. like, yeah. Exactly. It's not. It's not worthy of any great plaudit apart from that you know yeah so i hope you enjoyed this second part of my coverage on the great progressive rock icon john mitchell again if you missed part one you can find it in season four at progwatch.com episode 446 i'm going to send you off with one more great tune that john did with his dear friend john wetton when he was part of mr wetton's touring band in the earlier part of this century from the album Live in the Underworld, released in 2003, this is a nice version of the King Crimson classic, Starless. So be good to each other, and prog on, my brothers and sisters.
Well, friends, before I sign off, I'd like to talk to you about one more thing, and that's supporting the show. Over the years, I've gotten quite a few emails from people who say they really enjoy the show and it really means something to them, and I'm very touched by these emails. I love to get them, and that's why I encourage you so often to send me an email or contact me on Facebook or Twitter, whatever. So if you are one of those people who appreciate the show and if it really means something to you, if it has some value to you, I was wondering if you might consider supporting the show. I recently started a Patreon page to help recoup some of the costs that I incur in producing ProgWatch. Don't get me wrong, I love producing ProgWatch. I love spreading the word on great progressive rock music. I love talking to artists and I love hearing from the folks like you out there. But there is quite a lot of time and effort involved in the show that I devote every week as far as programming, figuring out what songs to play. I'm constantly auditioning music, figuring out what I'm going to play, writing the script, making sure it all times out for the networks that I'm on. If we're having any progressive discoveries features, I'm working in conjunction with Rob Fisher over in the UK. And I'm constantly working on leads to set up some of the interviews that do eventually make it onto the show. Sometimes they don't pan out, sometimes they do, but I'm constantly writing emails. I'm also posting on social media. The show, it does take up quite a bit of time and effort, but I love doing it, that's for sure. But there are also monetary costs associated with producing the show. There are computer and equipment costs associated with maintaining my home studio. Then, of course, there are web hosting costs and costs that I pay to track numbers so that I can do some listener analytics in an effort to make the show better. So if the show has some value to you, I was wondering if you might help me with some of those costs, those monetary costs. I've set up the Patreon page with two different levels of support. There's Tier 1 and Tier 2. At the Tier 1 level, for $2 a month, you get a version of the show that is of higher quality than you can get elsewhere. It is also free of any kind of ads or jingles. And with this show being about music, I would think that sound quality will make a difference to some of you. And at $2 a month, and with at least four shows every month, pretty much, that boils down to about $0.50 a show. For those who might want to support at a slightly higher level, and might be interested more in some of the interviews that I've done over the years, I have Tier 2. For $5 a month, you get the higher quality MP3 version I was talking about in Tier 1. Plus, you'll get access to my interview library. I'm in the process of uploading every interview I've ever conducted in their entirety. So for $5 a month, you'll get Tier 1 access. Plus, you'll be able to listen to any of those interviews with artists like John Lodge, Oliver Rusing of Caribou, Jordan Rudis of Dream Theater, Royna Stolt, Neil Morris, Kevin Godley, and many more. So I hope you might consider supporting the show on one of those two levels. You can find me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, Anthony Rousick, the last name's R-O-W-S-I-C-K, or there is a link on my webpage, progwatch.com, P-R-O-G-W-A-T-C-H.com, the top of the page, just below the season tabs for season three, season four, season five, you can see a little tab that says support the show. If you click there, it'll take you right to the Patreon page. So thanks for your time and consideration. And until next time, prog on, brothers and sisters. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know how great your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned? So fresh. And somehow, a clean house makes your head feel fresher, too. With a housekeeper from Care, you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think. Find a great housekeeper, set a schedule that works for you, and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other, more fun things. Get the housekeeping help you need at care.com.